Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Happy Thursday to everybody listening. Big thanks to our title sponsor, Mountain America Credit Union. Get 0% interest on all purchases through May of 2020 with a new Mountain America credit card. That's 0% on everything from groceries to getaways. For details, visit macu.com or call 1-800-748-4302. What's happening, Gordon? Man, you come out going 100 miles an hour. Sorry, do I need to slow down? No, am I going too fast? No, no, fine. I'm trying to be upbeat. I appreciate that's that. That's what I'm. That's what I'm aiming for today. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna keep it light. We're gonna keep it quick. We're gonna have a few laughs. It's gonna be a good show today. That would be appreciated by me. Since I said goodbye to my granddaughter and my daughter today, they're moving out of state, and so yeah, I need to laugh. Make yeah, me, make me laugh. Do you remember that show? There was a game show called Make Me Laugh. No, I don't. Uh, but uh, you know, '40s television. <laughs> oh, Jack Benny was great on no, it. Yeah. it was Jack Benny. They, they would bring out this contestant on this like conveyor belt seat, and, and the comedian would come up. I mean, it just—I don't know. It, it was supposed to. You were Is supposed to try and make somebody laugh. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't remember the premise of it, but. But isn't that, uh, Gordon, isn't that the great thing about sports? Isn't that something about sports that we that we all love? It's kind of a distraction, something you can pour your time, energy, and emotion into oh, yeah. that, that is, you know, for fun as opposed well, that's to... Why, that's why I always say what you what you do, Jake, when you're rooting against your friend's teams. It's, it, it, okay, I grant you, it's not real life, but to them it's important. But it's not real life, it's something else. But it's still important. No, it's not. <laughs> In compared to things that are actually important, yeah, it's not. How do your friends react when you uh, throw throw poison at them and their teams? Well, if if you had friends you have apparently normal interactions with, you'd be you'd know how this kind of things work. They well, they bristle. No, I don't. I don't go around rooting against other people's teams. They usually bristle and then fire back. That's the fun. <laughs> okay. All right, so they understand it. Yeah, of course. We all get it. I don't know why you have such trouble grasping onto uh, onto it. I, I, I'm just trying to say, you know, uh, a few hours talking sports on a day where, you know, tough family day. Uh, and you're happy for your daughter and her young family, I'm sure. But it's not easy. So uh, let's, let's pour ourselves into a few hours of good old sports radio and, uh, you know. 
Put a smile on that face over well, there. Well, if I had a team I was rooting for and you started, let's say I had a team in the playoffs right now and you started dogging on them, it would make me feel better. I, I root against the mud hens and the lobos <laughs> every chance that I get. Oh, and uh, and uh, let's see, who else did you adopt? Oh, this is the this Rams. Is, yeah. Yeah. Isn't oh. it isn't it funny the the year Gordon adopts them is the year after they went to the Super Bowl and, <laughs> and then they, they don't make the playoffs and they stink <laughs> the whole league caught up with them suddenly is really interested in the Phillies again and whoops no it just it just <laughs> that's true you you dedicated to follow baseball last season yeah you didn't bring up the word once it it kind of shows what a front runner Gordon is like at the beginning of the season when you think that uh, the coach is a genius and that it's an easy you know moonwalk to the Super Bowl it's like yeah I think I'll pick the Rams. <laughs> And then, you know, three-quarters of the way through the season when the wheels fall off, uh, we haven't heard a peep about Gordon's Rams. Kind of strange. I I will confess to you that I failed miserably in my fandom. And my, my, my family tried to get me, you know, they were updating me on what was going on with the Rams and whatnot, and uh, I, I still didn't really. I didn't glom onto it the way a, a fan needs to. Right, because the team stunk, and you don't get that aspect of it. <laughs> Yeah, like halfway through this exercise, you're like, I should have picked the Eagles. <laughs> Not really. I, I mean, the only reason I said that is because the Eagles at least had some regional interest to me. So of course, the Rams, I, I did work in L.A. for a while, so I, I don't know. And you thought the Rams were better. I, I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I admit it. <laughs> it reminds me of what Kevin said, our good buddy Kevin Graham. Many of our listeners uh, remember Kevin, and he's doing well, lives in the Metroplex down there in the Dallas area now, and uh, one of the great radio minds. Anyway, he- uh, Let's not let's not get carried away. <laughs> but he, he, uh, he had a choice when he was a kid, either pick the New York Jets or the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he made the unfortunate choice. And has been suffering ever since. <laughs> I said, why did you pick the Steelers? I think it's because didn't somebody give him like a... Like a toy or something. Yeah, yeah. some Jets toy or something. Like so his like, aunt gave him or something like that. <laughs> so yeah. I cursed him for the rest of his his uh, sports love and life. See, at least he had a sentimental reason. You just picked him because you thought they were going to win. Uh, kind of. <laughs> well, I, I also thought of the uh, regional thing. But I had a, one of my best friends loved the Rams back in the 60s because he thought their uniforms were cool. Hmm. You don't have to have a good reason. No, you don't have to have a good reason. That, that is absolutely true. I bet, we, I bet a lot of our listeners are fans of teams for reasons they might even be embarrassed to admit to. So how Go how, Lobos. how did your Lobo fandom come, <laughs> come about? When did, when did that develop for that, you? That was a joke. Mm. Yeah, it was. Are you kidding me? It was a joke. Go Cougars! That was joking around, too. Go Utes! So was that. Hmm. Go Jazz! Woohoo! <laughs> I, I, look, I have nothing against the local teams. I'm just not a fan. That's all. Yeah, those other ones were acting, but the Lobo one, that, that was legit. Don't. Go Lobos! Yeah, I know. I know nothing about the Lobos. I've been to Albuquerque a number of times and don't care to really go back. You and Snake are homies. Snake. <laughs> uh, have you covered a game in Albuquerque? I have not. 
Oh, all right. I have not had the pleasure. It should not necessarily be on your bucket list. Although I don't want to rag on. on hey, the, uh, you know what? The the pit seems cool. I I'd go see a game there. It's a rowdy. Yeah. It's got a that's that's an atmosphere that has a reputation. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, I'd go see a game there. If, Why if, not? If we're judging Mountain West Conference uh, uh, road trips, business trips on food, that'd probably be uh, the top of the list. New Mexico. I'm sure it's got a lot of good authentic Mexican dishes down there. Yeah, you've been talking. You've been talking to Lloyd. You. San Diego. Yeah, yeah, they would also have that as well. Yeah, Lloyd. Lloyd says they're good down there. Mm-hmm. Scotty went to Teppanyaki when he was in Albuquerque. Well, you know, I, I'm with Scotty. I like to see the dude flip the shrimp into his hat. Where you could see in any city in America. Yeah, but it's good. I went to Teppanyaki last night. How'd it go? Good. What'd you get? I got the uh, filet and chicken. Hmm. Let me guess, they made a volcano out of the onions. Yes, they did. That's kind of the best part, though. Yeah, and then flipping the food at you yeah. like you're a seal And the or food something. is amazing. Oh yeah, it was good. Yeah, I, I did. I, he spin the egg around the spatula a little no, bit. No, oh, well, wait, wait. He did. I think he did. I yeah, wasn't paying okay. attention during that time. I, I asked him. I said, "How long have you been doing this?" And he said, "Is the English wasn't great, but he said yesterday." <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Just started, huh? Gunnery sure hates that question. You got a rook. I know. I know. He's been asked that a thousand times. What do you say to a chef who is Tossing your food in the air before you eat it. What are you supposed to say? He's busy working, and you try to, you know, start up some sort of conversation and whatnot. And what's there to say? About, hey, chef, I'm open. How about how about this? <laughs> how about just thank you. So don't talk to him and at then all. Go about your meal. Yeah. Well, he was talking to my daughters. He wasn't talking much to me. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And only I think two of us actually caught caught the food. Oh, you say of us? You you were one of them. I was. Yeah, I actually gave it a whirl. You got it. Uh, First no, try. No, what happened was it bounced off my face and I grabbed it with my hands. Hmm. Sanitary. <laughs> All right, we've got a lot to do today. We're going to talk a lot of Utah Jazz basketball. Sam Amick is going to be on the show at the top of the four o'clock hour. Uh, we're out to Josh Parcell for the five o'clock hour. Josh, uh, of course, our national college football insider, but he also does a radio show on the side there in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, covers the Hornets. And of course, the Hornets are in town tomorrow night. So we'll uh, kill two birds with one stone with Josh, hopefully coming up in the five o'clock hour. So stay tuned for that. But right now it's time for the split story of the day. Austin? Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. 53-42. Quickly, Moutier pushes, finds Ingles. Right side three is good. Manuel Moutier is really pushing the action right now. Pressure defense by Peyton picking up Moutier in the backcourt. Moutier breaks the pressure, drives to the rack, draws the foul and finishes. He is going to buy it, and he is going to get one free. Emmanuel Moutier. Knicks miss again at the rim. Rudy Gobert rebounds. Jazz by 27 with 8.45 left. They've let go of the rope. Here comes Donovan to the rim, and he'll smite or smite a smash at the rim. My IQ, uh, you know, I thought I was a pretty okay, smart player until I came here. So when I came here, he took it to another level, and I'm committed. Like I said, everybody told me what type of coach uh, Coach uh, Quinn was when I came here. So, like I said, I bought in, and I'm just going to continue to try to get better and try to do what I can for my teammates.
All right, the the Jazz with a big win over the Knicks last night. That was Emmanuel Moutier, and he certainly was the story, Gordon, because the game itself was not terrific. The Knicks no. <laughs> uh, the Knicks are not good, Mm-mm. and they were missing their best two players, and that uh, that was a recipe for a disaster for them, certainly. But there's there's nothing quite like watching a guy go at his old team, right? I mean, remember when Jay Crowder really took it to the Celtics and Quinn gave him that big hug after the game? Yep. You know, last night's game for Emmanuel Moutier – uh, had that type of feel, and he played 25 minutes. Uh, he had 20 points on 8 of 12 shooting, 4 assists, a steal, a block. I mean, uh, 3 boards. He was he was great. What do you think your average Nick fan was thinking when they were watching that? Funny you say that, because I go through this. Uh, the, there's a Twitter account out there that compiles the, the, the highlights from opponents' Reddit threads and puts them up there in uh, in a blog and it was it was pretty much three quarters of it was complaints about Emmanuel Moutier looking good <laughs> and it was pretty funny I mean it was uh, you know just to edit one one was basically Emmanuel Moutier playing defense what the heck <laughs> it was a little more colorful it was a little that. more colorful but you know well he came here for good reasons and Jake, I got to give you some credit because you were the f- you were the first one in the media I heard really talk about Moutier in this way. You picked up on it immediately as soon as that arc turned upward. You had it. It started to click for him. You could tell. And I used this uh, I used this analogy um, on the uh, on the pregame the other day yesterday. Uh, and I've used it with you, but I think it's a good one. Like you, uh, you were doing some work on the old golf swing this summer. I was, and the the first time out after you got some instruction on to change some, you know, some sig- significant stuff with the swing, mm-hmm. you were you were bumping and grinding a little bit, trying to get it to work for you, and trying to to get that to be habit and and you know correct what was what was wrong. And it just takes some time. And I think with Emmanuel Moutier, he came in with the attitude of, I'm going to correct some stuff with my game. And, of course, it's not going to happen overnight. But I think we're really seeing it start to click with the guy. Yeah. And and it doesn't mean that you can't do your strengths, which is going to the basket, which we saw a lot last night from him. Yeah. It just means that you need to expand your horizons. Indeed. And, and we're, we're absolutely seeing that. He, last night, Gordon, and I, I'm sure you know the play I'm talking about. I think it was in the second quarter – where he got a pass and he was just barely above the break outside the three-point line and saw he saw before he even got the ball, he saw Rudy run in the lane. Yes. And he just, a touch pass to Rudy, and Rudy didn't finish, but he got fouled. Mm-hmm. And it was, I, I was doing the show with Coach Lacombe, and he, he looked at me and he, he said, no way he does that a month ago. I mean, that was just a, a great example of how he's evolved as a player. And I tell you what, when Mike Conley comes back, he's proven that he still has a role on this team, that he still is going to demand minutes yeah. even when you know uh, Conley gets back. Because a lot of people have been thinking he's been playing so much because Conley has been out. And maybe that was the case why he got his opportunity. But he's played well enough that, that he's got a spot in that rotation or should. You know, it's it's uh, it's so true what you say about, and I'm, I'm sorry for the personal story here, and it's one I've told before, but it fits perfectly what you were saying. When my when my daughters were playing tennis, uh, one of their coaches changed their grip, and it really 
messed uh, messed my daughter's game up for a short while, and she was in a match, and she was doing what the coach told her to do, and and I I said, "What's going on here?" And he said, "I'm really proud of her. She, she's uh, doing. She's sticking with what I taught her, and it's something new. She can switch back and win this thing easily, but she's not. And that's what Moody is doing." He is he is listening to what uh, Quinn Snyder just like you said, paying attention to it and adding new elements to his game, much to the benefit of the Utah Jazz and much to the benefit of Moutier's career. Yeah, and he's playing some defense. And you gave the the advice to Grayson Allen when he was drafted, and uh, you were right. If you want to play for Quinn Snyder, you got to play on defense, and and we're seeing that out of Jordan Clarkson too, who is not a natural defender. Right. I mean, he's, he's just not. I mean, he's never going to be Gary Payton out there. But the effort level is high. He had a block shot last night. Well, I think, mean, think about what the atmosphere can do for a player. If you're playing for the New York Knicks, are you buckling down on defense every trip? Well, they're certainly not. Well, exactly. What's your motivation? They didn't. I, I know that maybe some players have personal pride and they can conjure that from within, but when the team isn't does there's peer pressure on the jazz and there's coach pressure as well and i mean in the best sense of the word you know other people out there trying to improve their games trying to get better why not you yeah well last night with the knicks i mean they they had lost that game before it even started well that's what tim said yeah the the box, the box was checked. Yep, he did. Say We're that. losing tonight. They're, they didn't play their two best players. The end of a road trip that was just a disaster. Uh, I mean, they they lost before they even stepped on the floor, and they I mean they played like it. Here's here's the Jazz point totals: thirty nine in the first quarter, 33, 23, 33. And you look at that third quarter, and you say, oh, they only had twenty three points. Well, the Knicks only had sixteen. So I mean. They, they just stomped that team, and that team was, was already on the plane back to New York. We said before the pregame, we're talking about it, what is important for the Jazz in a game like this, and it is to concentrate on themselves. At what, Let's be honest, Jake. At what point did you lose interest in the game? Oh, Gordon, well, I've got to do a show after the I game, know. so I did not lose interest in the you game. You didn't lose interest at all? I have to talk about it all after I, the game. I didn't say you didn't pay attention. I said, when did it become... Oh, I mean, it was over at halftime. But I can't. I what can't. Time what, did what do you, you turn the channel on the TV? Yeah, right. I got to talk about it in a post game show. Gordon acts like, you know what? I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna walk. Across Isn't the mash on somewhere? And grab some ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> That, get, that that Jeopardy tournament's on, right? I gotta get my Alan <laughs> Alda right. fix. Oh, by the way, how did Ken Jennings do in that? Do we know? Uh, DVR'd. Okay, so we you don't want to know? I I mean I've got the internet, so I know. But well, so what happened? No, I'm not. No, no, I'm not going to be the guy. Well, it was Tuesday. It started Tuesday night. I'm not going to be the guy. I'm sorry. It, Jeopardy is just. Like, I think we're within the window of don't spoil it. Jeopardy is like live sports. It, I mean, there's there's no spoiling rules. It's not like a. It's not like you a Google movie. it and you announce it. I'm like not taking movie. that kind of heat. All right. No, I mean, that. nobody's – people could have DVR'd the Jazz game last night, too, and they're not complaining that we're talking about it. I mean, Jeopardy is, is – That's a little different. Once Jeopardy hits the air, I feel like it's relevant. Oh. All right. How do you, <laughs> See? How'd he do? Uh, well, I haven't gotten the complete results here. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Looking, looking. Because there's a there's a lot of Salt Lake slash. It's not over, by the way. Slash Utah Pride wrapped up in this whole thing, right? All right. I mean, he's a listener of this show. He is the Tony Finau of trivia. (laughs) Ah. 
as I read this, the first item in the story is spoiler alert. This story contains details from Wednesday's match in ABC's Jeopardy, the greatest of all time tournament. See? This is an incredible idea on Jeopardy's part, by the way. It really is. Yeah. Well, incredible. you know what this is going to make it do? It's going to make it feel dumb. Why? I'm pretty good at trivia. Are you good at trivia? I like trivia. Do you? I'm not. I'm not conceited enough to just say I'm good at trivia. No, I mean, yeah, but I I don't mean great. I just mean, are you? Do you? Jeez. I'll say it this way. I think I'm pretty good at trivia. But when I watch these guys, holy cow, they are phenomenal. You think they just grew up reading the encyclopedia? I think. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, knowing our good friend Tony I'm Parks, better than you at what you do for a living, and I've never done it before. <laughs> like, Austin, you do a show with Tony. Like, I, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that Tony just grew up watching those NFL films videos. And nothing like, else? And that's, like, all he did because he just references these all these games before he was even born. I yeah. think, like... I think he just thought, you know what? I like what I like. So when we go to rent a movie, I'm com- I'm coming back with an armful of, uh, of NFL film stuff. Uh, you know what I mean? That, yeah, probably. Hey, that, that, that's that. the only way it could ha- he can he could right, have that knowledge. Right. You know, I grew up on Ducktales. Tony is listening to the the Autumn Wind or whatever it is. Like it's fine, <laughs> you know. But that's that's what I'm convinced happened. Like Ken Jennings, did he just grow up in an empty room full of encyclopedias <laughs> and decide, well, this is what I've got to do. This is how I'm going to entertain well, myself for the uh, next well, ten years. Whatever he did, it worked, and I admire it. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I, I, I admire it. It's cool. He's from Salt Lake. Uh, okay, so apparently the winner ultimately has to win three matches in a row. And if I'm reading this correct, one match consists of two shows. Jeez, so this is going to go on for a while. So, uh, it's, it's just this week, though. Right? So the competition kicked off, it says here, uh, the competition kicked off Tuesday. Ken Jennings was the first to advance Yeah, a step toward becoming Jeopardy! Goat. In game two, Holzhauer was the victor, as the players worked to, as Jennings put it, leave something in the tank to get through an hour of play. I I, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but it says that they're going to return each weeknight, except for Monday, until one wins three nights or matches. And it was taped in December. Oh, okay, by the way. I was going to say, is it live? Or it's, was no, it's it, over. It's over. So, because I was gonna in say, fact, there was so much money that came in on one of the contestants uh, offshores that they <laughs> believe it leaked, and so they you can't bet on it. You couldn't oh, bet on wow. it as of a uh, Sunday morning. Oh wow! The <laughs> contest could end as early as Friday if Jennings or Holzhauer is that how you say his name? Yeah, sweeps the rest of the week. It could also stretch out until a three-way winner-take-all match on the sixteenth. The winner gets one. Million dollar. See, with I, the other two competitors each receiving two hundred and fifty thousand. These guys are fantastic at this. It, I mean, it is it is truly amazing. If it were live, I was thinking, all on Michael Jordan, we could somehow poison Holsauer. But since it's been taped, that that probably isn't going to happen. Can I can I tell you that I always wondered something about Jeopardy that I actually uh, got answered. What if you finished with negative? money right Do you have to pay yeah is there some guy waiting by the dressing room door with like <laughs> some a, goon with down. like a lead pipe you know it's like all right mm, there's the we've got something to settle like cough your, it up like pal. your bill before uh, i'm gonna <laughs> let you out of here you know you were down 800 bucks so <clears throat> i'll take cash and cash 
And what was the answer? So uh, my wife, loosely friend of a friend kind of thing, knew somebody who competed on Jeopardy and finished. Like, that's a funny story in and of itself, how, how we watched that. But he finished in the red. Yeah, because you had a party for it, right? Yeah. It was embarrassing because yeah, he got everything wrong. He didn't get one right. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of finished, party is he that? He finished in the negative. He didn't even get to go to, to Final Jeopardy. And it, it just was like everybody was excited for and him. He invited everyone and over. He invited everybody to the uh, like a local bar to watch it. You know, all the TVs are on. Everybody's like, oh, we know this guy. And it's it's like, oh, oh you, had a, you had a rough go. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he did say that no, he didn't. He didn't have to pay any money. Well, how did he get on if he wasn't good at it? Don't you have to be at a certain level before you can get on there? So they well, yeah. There's like a big screening process, maybe, and I'm sure he's good at trivia. No, yeah, his, maybe he just maybe he had bad luck. He said that there is like the the timing with the buzzer is is a, an acquired skill that he knew tons of questions, sure. but he, like the the. There's a certain What's way to... He not the sure sun was in his eyes. That he knew the answer? And so he hesitated like to it, hit like, the buzzer? Like, think about it this way. Um, it, you know, you'd think you'd get up there and hear the the answer, not the question. The, you'd hear the answer and then yeah. you'd go, hmm, yeah. I think I know that one. Click. Right. Where most of the time it's they're clicking like crazy as Alex is reading the question. And so I guess he got caught up in that a little bit. And then the one that he actually got through is like, um... Toledo. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I had a friend that went on that show, and he won uh, a bunch one of money for his kids' uh, education. That was blatant one-upsmanship, right there. If that's actually true, how have we never heard that story? That's a good I, story. I, I, yeah, I don't think story. I can top that. Austin knows. I've told that, that story was before. Absolutely blatant. Have you ever? So w- you know a guy who went on there and was dreadful. Well, <laughs> my friend was awesome. <laughs> Have you ever been on a game show, or have you ever wanted to go on one? No, no. We tried to get my brother on that uh, Wipeout show. Oh, that'd be fun. Uh, oh, he would have been great at it too. Really? He's got incredible balance. Well, By great was... at it, you mean oh, you mean actually because yeah. that, that show is actually you want them to not be good at it, right? But if you're if you know you have a family member competing, you hope sure. to win. So he has good balance. He has really but good he, balance. He doesn't necessarily he doesn't practice. This, this. Well, if he knew he was going to be on the show, I'm sure we could have set something up in the backyard. Gordon, what do you mean practice? <laughs> Goes to the playland at McDonald's. <laughs> Everyone clear out. I'm working on my game have here. Have you seen that show and the yeah. contraptions that they put yeah. you through? It's not exactly something it is, that you it can is, just practice. It is funny, though. I got to oh, hand it. How is it not still on the air? Because it was unbelievable. It was the best show on TV. It was incredible. Watching people just get beat up. I went with my best friends in high school, or after we graduated, to The Price is Right, and one of us went out, won a truck and an oven and went to the showcase. Who was it? Uh, my best friend, Casey. Casey Craven. And won a bunch of... What did he win? Lost the showcase to another lady from Salt Lake. Really? Yeah. Is he good at prices? I, I never... No, understood. he looked to me, and I told him the answer. <laughs> how, do you, how are you good at that? Because I watched a lot of Price is Right growing See, up. See, I had a I had a roommate who DVR'd The Price is Right. And he watched it. I VHS recorded it. Every yeah. single day. <laughs> and watching The prices Right with him was incredible because he had everything down to the penny. He knew every product. He was like seven ninety five. Yep. It was, it was like, you've taken all the fun out of this. How can you watch this How every he, day? Yeah but, yeah, but don't those prices vary? Well, one season they used the same, they use like all the same products. They have all yeah. the same sponsors and oh, stuff. Oh, so they, have they been revealed, the price has been revealed in previous shows? Right. Yeah, because oh, they okay. tape them. They that. tape them all. You know, 
Yeah, well, this was we went in the the summer, and it did not air until like almost Christmas. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, oh. They're not doing all those live. They're yeah, but I did, I didn't know that there you could watch. I didn't know you could watch the show and then study up. It's stuff in the grocery store. Well, no, like if you were going to the season fresh, obviously he hadn't watched shows unless they use the same product season to season, but. He was really good at it because he watched it every day. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, so I it would have been different the, had he been there. To Austin's point. And he goes grocery shopping. No, but the prices are different in different stores. By pennies. You don't have to get it right on. You have to be closest without going over. I told you I got invited to be on to tell the truth. <sighs> Coming up next. <laughs> There's coaching. There's great irony here if you think I'm lying about going on to tell the truth, but I was invited to. and I, I got invited to go to the moon. You turned it down because you were too famous to go on TV. No, not too famous. I just didn't want to do it. <laughs> you were too good to go on. No, not too Yeah, good. I got it. Coming up good. next, there's coaching changes afoot in the Pac-12. We're talking about it. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow Mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. Do you think you're playing the best you've ever played in the NBA right now? I honestly feel good. I mean, I don't even know if I've played the best sport better or whatever. I think here for me is I've tried to get better. I've tried to do something different to make myself more effective or more efficient or whatever it is. And I just feel really comfortable. I'm obviously really comfortable with the system. I'm obviously comfortable with coach. And like I said, every year I try to add something to both ends offensively and defensively. And yeah, I'm just in a really good spot. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Steppenwolf, selected by Austin and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Good selection, Austin. Today feels like a... Feel good music. Feels like a Steppenwolf day. Yeah. I like it. Not too hard. Yeah. Not too poppy. Gordon's got the head bob going, so I I I love this song. Yeah, that's that's got the approval of uh, Mr. Monson over there, the godfather. Gordon, we talked about, uh, it was breaking news on the show yesterday that Mike Leach had interviewed with Mississippi State. We find out today, Sayonara, Mike, he's off. He's going to be the next head coach of the Bulldogs. Well, I don't like it for, I feel, for the players who he recruited to go to Washington State who are now there and they're going to have a different coach and whatnot. But I find this a fascinating move because I want to see what he does at Mississippi State. There have been years when that team has been pretty good, and other years not so good. So, what is he going to do? He's how many coaches do you know could go into Texas Tech and make that successful, and then go to Washington State, a program that struggled for how long, and turn that thing around? They've been uh, the Cougars have been to like what five straight bowl games. Was it last year that they were eleven and two? What year were they? Yeah, 11 it was last year. Mm-hmm. With an Alabama bowl, uh, bowl win over Iowa State? Yeah. I mean, the, he, he's 
love him or hate him, he has done things that others could not do. And maybe this would be more radical back in the day when SEC football was more smash mouth. Now you have a, a little more innovation down there. But Mike Leach isn't going to change what he does. He's going to go in there and throw the football, man. No, it's it's a great hire for them because his system is perfect for underdogs. It, it's just where he's Troy Calhoun, but the entire opposite. I mean, <laughs> it's it's he's great at places like like Pullman and where's Texas Tech Lubbock uh, because it's it's about and and not to I mean he's got BYU roots, so it's not a surprise, right? I mean BYU found a way to equalize the footing in college football, right? You know, they went out there and they slung it all over the yard in a day and age where it was a couple of yards in a cloud of dust. And all of a sudden, BYU is just as good as these monster programs because they're they're innovative, right? And and they're doing things people other folks aren't. And Mike Leach has been that way, right? Preparing for that air raid is something totally unique. We've, we've heard Kyle Whittingham talk about it a zillion times. You go into a place like Mississippi State, Starkville is not the, the, the glowingest place to, to recruit to, but right. there are players there. So if you can put it together like Dan Mullen did in Mississippi State and get a few key players there and plug that into to Mike Leach's system, I'm with you. I'm excited to see uh, what it does down there. But What quarterback wouldn't want to play for Mike Leach? In 18 years at Tech and State, he's 139 and 90. Now, that that's not a glowing record if you're at Alabama, but when you're at these places? Yeah. See, and I don't, I don't think his – his shtick would work at a big time program. I think he has to be at one of those why not? plucky underdog why, why programs because his personality. He he's almost you know like um, he and Rick Majerus are very different. Don't get me wrong, but there's a reason Rick stayed at Utah, right? Well, he, I, he could do he could run things the way he wanted to run them, which was certainly unique and for a while. and and get away with it and be under the radar and not. You know, Mike, I think Mike's a little that way and in, in his act is a little bit peculiar and it gets results, but it's not it's not the norm. You when, know what I mean? When you first said that, I thought you were talking about this, his success on the field. That's I get what you're saying about the quirkiness. Well, and then on the field, the the air raid, I mean, Oklahoma runs a version of it. Right. And it's it's pretty successful, but it's. It's almost like Mike D'Antoni's old style in the NBA. I don't know how proven it is to to win at a big-time level because it puts the defense in such a bad position. And that'll be the interesting thing is is in the SEC where you know people make their names on that hard-nosed defense or whatever. I wonder how it's going to go. I've always disagreed with you on this when you've talked about how, hey, if you're at USC, just student body left, student body right because you can do that better and you can get the good athletes to do that and whatnot. But I I think you can succeed with a niche program with uh, with better athletes. I mean, I think he can go in there and win big if he recruits the right athletes. And he seems to be able to do that. And he seems to be able to take quarterbacks who other people didn't really want and succeed with them. Who was the kid from Utah? Oh, now that you put Cameron me on. Cooper? Yeah. No, no. Or Luke no, Falk. No, no, Luke Falk. Falk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Utah State didn't want him. 
Well, Gardner Minshew was going to be the third string at Alabama until Mike Leach called him and said, yeah. you want to go be third string with the Crimson Tide or you want to lead the nation in passing? And he, Which is still just an unbelievably classic line. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm curious. Let's talk about Washington State, though, for a second. All right. Because where where do they look now? Because Washington State has been a, a fairly formidable program under Leach, and if they don't make the right hire here, they're going right back to the basement. I mean, because they don't have a whole lot of built-in advantages, including a ton of money to pay a head coach. So I will be really interested to see which which way they go. Well, even with Leach, they were 55 and 47. It's not a program that's set up to, to dominate on a regular basis. No, and a lot of that is, well, some of it might be location, but some of it is also uh, the fact that I don't think Washington State spends money on its athletics the way some places do. No, they don't. They they don't. And, uh, you know, we get up all caught up in TV money, and TV money, it, it's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But still, I, I want to say the majority, if not the vast majority, of revenue coming into these athletic departments is still coming at the turnstile. And Washington State sometimes is not selling a ton of tickets because it's not – well, first of all, it's not a big city. And second, and it takes alumni a long time to get there. It's not easy to yes. get to, uh-huh. and they don't have the storied tradition that make you willing to drive into the middle of nowhere to go to these games, like other places like Nebraska or something like that. So yeah, I, had a I mean, harrowing uh, drive out of Pullman once, you know, with the weather and all that stuff. It was yeah, it's out there. It is out there, and it's it's not the you know beautiful. Seattle Pacific Northwest that you picture it's inland <laughs> and it's colder and it's I, I imagine yeah. it's nice in the summer it probably is nice in the summer but they're not playing football in the summer Mike Leach by the way was making uh, let's see here base salary 3.7 million dollars oh so if they spend that much they they probably can get a, a coach but I don't know if they'll I mean, Leach had a name going into that job, and he's probably gotten a couple of raises, so I don't know if they'll start at 3.7. Uh, looking at uh, at some candidates, Austin, I know you threw out a name on Twitter. Yeah, where'd you get that from? Alex Grinch? Yeah. Uh, he was the, why, I mean, why did you think he would be such a good fit? Well, he comes from, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he Ohio State at one point, and then he came out to Washington State to with Mike Leach. He brought him out there from 15 to 17 to be the defensive coordinator, and every time that there seems to be a head coach opportunity or a, a step up at the coordinator level. Alex Grinch's name gets brought up. He's already been there. He's now the D.C. at Oklahoma. Maybe he'd like to come back to Pullman and be the head coach. He's, he's the guy they were going to hire when Leach interviewed with Tennessee a couple of years oh, ago. Okay. He was the one that they were going to pick. And the only time the Washington State defense was good under Leach was when he was there and they were okay. But he's he's got a good reputation, and uh, he's young though. And he is young, um, but but honestly, if if we want to localize this topic a little bit, I wonder if Jake Jay Hill's phone rings. Yeah, or there, is there a coach in Utah, an assistant coach, or someone like Jay, who would be in the running for a job like that? Or who do you think would be the most the best fit? Who do you think could do the best job up there? I mean, Morgan is kind of spoken for right now. Um, I I mean honestly, Kalani. Hmm. You think? Uh yeah. I mean, he's he's had history coaching up there. He's had history coaching in the Pac-12. And if we're talking about local guys, mm-hmm. he'd probably be interested in making three point seven million dollars. <laughs> um, 
you know, that uh, that part of the Pac-12 kind of has some history in the Polynesian culture that would probably be attractive to Washington State, I would imagine. So, you know, he's recruiting to Oregon State isn't the most fun thing in the world, so there's probably some similarities there. Um, it depends on how much he's liking his current position at, at BYU. But, I, I mean, if we're talking about a local guy who if I were Washington State and they said around this local scene, pick a football coach, that might be where I look. What about but Andy I, Ludwig? I'd, I'd look at Jay Hill, too. Andy Ludwig, I don't think, wants to be a head coach. Okay. Do you know that? Have you talked uh, to him? No, I haven't specifically, but I've heard that, though. Mm. From it. And, and by the way, if, if that was really his ambition, it probably would have happened somewhere by now, right? You would think. And, and by the way, I think the world of Jay Hill, but do you really see a Pac-12 school scooping up an FCS head coach to be their head coach? Well, well Washington that, State has done it before. Yeah, it didn't work. Did it with Mike Price. Right. Well, didn't, Mike Price, and they did it with Paul Wolf. So it worked with Mike Price. It did not work with Paul Wolf. Disastrous with Paul Wolf, actually. But but I if I were Washington State I wouldn't scratch Jay Hill off my list just because he he coaches at that level I mean I okay I I would want here's what, if I were Washington State I would say this is a unique place so give me your plan on how we're going to succeed and and maybe with Grinch the advantage you have there is he has history at that school specifically and mm-hmm. I would guess he's probably at least thought about how he would succeed. Well, that's what worked so well for Gary Anderson when he first went to Utah State. Or Jay Hill at, at Weber State. Yeah, I mean, they had plans. They had ideas. They knew what they they had really processed this, what would work in that particular spot, and they weren't winging it. They weren't making stuff up. It made sense, and they went ahead and did it. Right. So uh, we'll, we'll see which direction they go, but there's a job opening in the, in the Pac-12, Gordon, and it's not the best job in the Pac-12, but it is a Pac-12 job. Well, I know that, Mike, uh, sometimes it, it, it takes things a little too far. We have chronicled that in the past, but he is an interesting man. Well, maybe when he dumps on his players multiple times a year, we should have <laughs> known that he was looking to leave. Uh, remind, want to remind you about our friends at Homey, buying or selling a home. Homey will give you up to $5,000 back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homey. See more at homey.com. More straight ahead on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Utah Jazz shoot-around show. Here's Emmanuel Moutier. With the way this offense operates, what have you consumed the most that you feel like you've been able to put out there on the floor? Just knowing when to attack and when, you know, to get others involved. I think I'm just trying to keep figuring that out. And, you know, I'm in there with the starting group for a little bit and the bench unit for a little bit. So kind of figuring out how to pick my own spots and then try to get everybody else involved too. Does that come with a process where you're trying not to think so much and just let it be a reaction? And how is that process coming along? Yeah, I'm not thinking too much and obviously if we get stops and run that's the best basketball so we don't have to think that much the ball is moving and i think everybody you know is feeling involved too tony parks and austin horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network Show 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Want to remind you, purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream. 
Starting as low as $37 per ticket, visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. This is my favorite Steppenwolf song. What do you think they're talking about here, Magic Carpet Ride? What do you suspect that means? Uh, uh, they were big Aladdin fans. <laughs> Okay. Why don't you a tell me? World? You you lived through this era. You, let's hear your theory. Uh, I don't care what they're singing about. I, I, I like the song. You you know what? A a, a Twitter a listener pointed this out to me on on Twitter. How come you always ask Austin and and me questions and then you refuse to answer? Like you always ask us these you know these stir the pot like questions. And then when we go, I don't know, Gordon. What do you think? You're oh, move. So the the New York Rangers last night had a had a <laughs> couple of power play goals. Didn't know if you guys that's saw not, that. That's not that's not true. I I answer tough questions on a regular basis. So what are they talking? I don't I don't ask necessarily. I don't answer the questions I'm asking you guys. Because I want to, I'm interested in knowing what you think. Because you want us to get in trouble and you to sit over there oh, and just oh, go, yeah. "I did this." Oh yeah, mm, I did this. I've, <laughs> I've built my whole career by avoiding trouble, Jake. Yeah, that's I, that's I'm, me. I'm not critiquing your career. I'm talking about <laughs> our relationship. Well, they're talking about drugs. What do you think they're talking about, Gordon? I figure. Yeah. Cool any, segment. Any particular type of drug, Gordon? <laughs> well, back then, it was pretty crazy in the '60s. What was your go-to? I haven't done drugs. This week? Nope. Never. Not never even have. Not even during the 60s? Nope. Did not. What about uh, you Were you went through your beatnik phase in the 50s, right? <laughs> That's a whole other story. Yeah, you, went, you went through that thing. Hmm. <laughs> uh, we've got Sam Amick coming up top of the 4 o'clock hour, NBA Daily Assist. Josh Parcell is going to jo- uh, join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. I have not never sniffed glue. What's your what's your go to glue brand? Elmer's guy? <laughs> you mean to actually you know glue things together? No, no. No. I, I look, I had a friend who was critically injured by sniffing glue uh, uh way back in the day. So I was his name Snuggles. <laughs> you could make us feel bad for a funny drop Austin plays be like actually you know that ruins family I don't so believe I, him, so. I, well I don't either but that's funny that that's the direction that he went like oh I'm going to make these guys feel really bad about playing a funny drop I remember as a kid when I heard about people who sniff glue and it never made sense to me that anybody would do that and certainly for all you young people out there stay away from that stuff and then Gordon well, tried thanks, it. Thanks, Nancy. And he was like, yeah, this is pretty good. <laughs> no, I just, I don't, I never, never uh, was so inclined. Just say no, kids. <laughs> never, <laughs> never surrendered yourself to the Elmer's dragon, huh? <laughs> <laughs> never went down that lonely road. Nope, never no? did. No, sorry. good for you. <laughs> Because I know it gets America's youth. I mean, it's a scourge on our society. <laughs> I don't it's know. a gateway it? paste, really. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Hey, K-Pasta, here's your daily dab for the day. Huh? <laughs> if you started with Elmer's, where would you go from there? <laughs> a fine, pure rubber cement. <laughs> What a what a dumb direction for a segment to go. But I'm not interested in having Doctor Feelgood out there say, "Yeah, yeah, Kapasa, you know, here's a, your doobie for the day."
<laughs> you know, oh, it's, it's almost too bad that man's leaving office. Uh, coming up next, <laughs> Sam Amick. Where, where, where do we go from here? We'll be on the show. Oh, Sam. we got to piece this back together. <laughs> We're not going to use tape. <laughs> stay uh, hey, we all used Elmer's a lot at one point, didn't we? Stay we come did. on, stick to the point, guys. We, we didn't abuse it. We used it. More next. You know, when you're putting your collages together and whatnot. 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Kurt Heelan from ProBasketballTalk.com and NBC Sports. What are your thoughts on the Jazz hot streak? Is it level of competition that they're playing or have the Jazz resolved some issues? Look, there have been some soft wins in there, but A, you need to beat those teams anyway, right? Yeah. You, you need to have those kind of wins. Like, you've got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. I think that there's a better flow, especially offensively. They've just been on fire on the offensive end, which is good to see because that was the end we thought Connolly was going to help with. That hasn't really come through yet, but they seem to be finding a groove on the offensive and if they do that, I'm less worried about the defense because I've seen them do that before. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.